Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today's guest is actor Dean Winters. Dean Winters is one of my all-time favorite actors. You remember him from television shows like Oz, which was HBO's first ever original content and I dare say changed the course of history forever. Moreover, he continued on in Rescue Me with Dennis Leary, 30 Rock with Tina Fey, and other projects such as John Wick with Keanu Reeves, and he's just one of the nicest guys that I've ever met. Here's our conversation. Dean Winters, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Ryan. How you doing? I'm good, man. It's an honor and a privilege to talk to you, man. You're one of the all-time most badass actors and (laughs) arguably responsible for modern television. Ryan O'Reilly is like one of my favorite cinematic characters of all time. And just what you and Tom Fontana did on that show, I mean, it it changed, I dare say, the course of history. Well, I mean, you know, when when, when you're the first, you know, cable drama... Uh, and you kind of like, you know, light the green light for the rest of the shows that came after us, you know, um, you know, I, I know that when, <clears throat> when we started making Oz, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, it had never been done before on cable. And, uh, but after the first season, HBO, um, saw that, you know, there, there was a format here that, you know, that was attractive to adult viewership and, and, uh, and then they greenlit, um, you know, Sopranos, Six Feet Under and, and Sex in the City, like right in a row. Yeah. And, uh, and then that just kind of set the path for everyone. So, wow. you know, I think, I think all the, I, I really believe, I think the credit all goes to two people, Tom Fontana and to, uh, and to HBO for, you know, having like the prescient idea of, yeah. of, 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 you know, of allowing this to happen. And before we dig deep into the work, I'm curious to talk. So you, you grew up in New York, right? Yeah, I was born in this city. I was born in, well, back then it was New York Hospital. It's not there anymore now. I think it's Cornell um, on uh, 67th uh, uh, in uh, York. And I live, I live on 118th and Riverside Drive. Okay. <clears throat> and then 63rd in New York. And then when I was seven, we moved out to the, uh, to the Burbs, to Westchester. I, li- I was in uh, M- uh, Mamaroneck okay. for seven years. And so I went to... Uh, uh, grade school there, and then junior high school there, and then when I was fourteen, my dad, who was a banker, um, got an opportunity to uh, go work at a bank in Phoenix, Arizona. So we drove across country, had yeah, the whole family, uh, four, uh, parents, four kids, and a German Shepherd, and we drove to uh, Scottsdale and moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. Wow! So, so I went to high school in Scottsdale, and then, um, and then, um, and the, <clears throat> excuse me, and that was a. Uh, you know, a transition like no other. I mean, being a kid from New York and then going to the desert was just like, it was a really bizarre, bizarre experience. Arizona's a bizarre state. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful place. Um, and in, in 1978, um, it was just, you know, it's just, it, it, it's hard. I mean, I, I don't want to say anything bad about the place because it's, it's, there's a lot of great people there and the, and the state is gorgeous, but you know, there wasn't like a whole lot of culture going on there. Yeah. And so when I, when I got out there and my brother and I, it was just like, you know, it was a whole different world that we were not ready for. And, um, you know, I tell people it was like Footloose. 
<laughs> without the music. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, so so we, we we stayed there for five years, and then and then my parents were like, yeah, we need to come back east. Yeah. So we uh, came back to New York, and um, but I stayed out west. I went to college in Colorado, and then um, and when I at Boulder, no, I went to Colorado College in Colorado Springs. Got it. And then when I was done, I moved back east, and um, you know, I tried to. Uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, when I was a kid in New York, I had done some theater. Um, I went to this uh, middle school called the Hummocks in uh, in Mamaroneck, New York. Um, and actually, when I went to school with Matt Dillon and, uh, and and his brother Kevin and a couple of other kids. And it was like a kind of like a create, you know, yeah. I, there was like a real creative thing going on in my brain. But when I went to Arizona, it just got like stepped on, like it got yeah. stomped out like a cigarette. And so I just I didn't come back to acting until I was, I didn't start acting again until I was 28. Wow. But, um, you know, I, when, when I finished college, I, I went, I moved, my parents were living in you know, Connecticut at the time. So I moved back to Connecticut with them and, and, uh, I started working as a waiter, uh, in a restaurant and that just, you know, went south terribly. Yeah. Um, and then one night I just, I talked to my, my, my roommate, uh, from Colorado college who was living in Manhattan beach, this cat named scott evans and he was like why don't you just come to california so i was like all right so i um woke up my parents and i said hey um it's like 11 o'clock at night i go hey i'm thinking about going to california to live they're like fine go back to sleep i go no no i'm thinking about leaving in, in like six hours <laughs> <laughs> and they were like for real and i was like yeah i need to get out of here so yeah. um uh, went back to my bedroom and my brother Scott was there and uh, we sat up all night talking and uh, when I was getting ready to leave it was about you know seven o'clock in the morning it was pouring it was raining cats and dogs and I had like my little Honda and I was really nervous and terrified and my brother Scott got into the car with me in his pajamas and um, he drove me he drove with me all the way to Kansas City, Missouri, and I put him on an airplane in his pajamas back to New York. <laughs> and then I, I drove all the way to California, and I, I moved to uh, Manhattan Beach, uh, where I started working, you know, uh, in more failed attempts as a waiter. Uh, waiting yeah. tables was, was not my thing. Uh, I ended up getting a job uh, working as a PA. Um at Rally Studios, and I worked in a couple of movies uh, in Hollywood. But you know, acting was never on my was never like even in my in the on my brain at this point. Um, and then I got a job working on a um, on a private yacht in uh, out of uh, Marina del Rey. Yeah. And so basically, it was uh, I got the job. I lied. I said that I was a really good water skier, and so they um, they had a tender off the back of the yacht. That so I would I was the one like driving. The, the, this is the speedboat, you know, and like taking all like these like agents and lawyers <laughs> water skiing off of like point doing them out. I mean, it was completely reckless. I mean, I can't believe that anyone, anyone gave me that job. And then, um, and then after I was in California for about 11 months, um, and I was really just starting to get itchy. I didn't know. And my, and, and I became really good friends with this kid named Michael Harrington and he was moving to Hong Kong. And uh, he goes, he goes, I'm moving to Hong Kong to work for Morgan Stanley. He goes, you should come live in Hong Kong. <clears throat> so he moves to Hong Kong. Um, he gets there. Two and a half weeks later, I sell my car in California. 
uh, and I moved to Hong Kong. I moved to Hong Kong. And I, bought, I bought a Brooks Brothers suit. I made up like a fake resume. <laughs> and I, I, it. And I, I went to I went to Hong Kong and I started, um, you know, making cold calls and trying to get a job. And and when we were living, uh, living in a, in a part of the Hong Kong called the Mid Levels, which is about halfway up the mountain, it was a really cool situation and and um, it was wild. You know, I mean, this is before. It, you know, Hong Kong got turned over and, <clears throat> and, uh, by capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah and it was just, just a crazy time. And, and, um, and so I was, uh, long story short, I got offered two jobs. I got in, uh, um, I got, I got offered a job, uh, by Saatchi and Saatchi and then and a job by, um, uh, Hill Noten who published uh, Reader's Digest to work in their PR departments. Wow. And it was a Wednesday and, I remember going to I, I so I, the, the next day Thursday I went to a bar um, in Hong Kong like at noon in my suit and sat at the bar I was like the only person in there and I was just I was a complete mess and there was something like gnawing away at me inside that was just like you you can't do this man yeah you, this is you, you you can't put on a suit and go to work this is not you so I, I drank myself into a stupor uh, and about. Three o'clock in the afternoon, and I, I feel someone tapping my shoulder, except my, my head's like literally on the bar. And I look up, and there's a girl standing there, and she's kind of cute. And she's like, "Hey, what's wrong?" I'm, I look at her, I go, "Nothing." And I go back to the bar, and then she was real persistent, and she's like, "No, what's wrong?" I was like, I, I, "I'm just having a bad day." I told her my story, so we start talking, and I, and I go to her, I go, well, "What are you doing here?" She's like, "Well, I'm an actress," and, and I go, "Really?" And she goes, "Yeah." She goes, "Um." I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm a martial artist, and I'm from Orlando. And I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. I go, what are you doing here? She's like, well, I'm doing like a really low-level kung fu film that no one's ever going to see, probably won't even get finished. But, like, they flew me over here. And she goes, you know, the producers were telling me, uh, you know, told us to look out for Americans because we need some extras in, the, in this film. She goes, do you want to be an extra in my, in my film? I go, I go, hold on a second. You want me to be in a kung fu movie? <laughs> I, I, I was like, what? I was like, yeah. I, I go, when? She's like, well, I'm, I'm on my lunch break. <laughs> I go, you just had like three drinks. And she's like, yeah, I'm going back to do a fight scene. <laughs> and we're, we're shooting at a cafe, and they need, they need like extras at the cafe. Uh, I was like, what? So I went to the bathroom. I cleaned myself up, and... And uh, she took me to the set, and I was still, I, mean, I was still like half in the bag. And I met these producers. I mean, you could just tell. I've never been on a film set before. Yeah. You could just tell it was like a, it was this thing was a, a joke. Yeah. Um, but I sat, you know, I sat at this table, and she did her scene. But I, when I was at the table, I met this, I met this guy, who was living in Hong Kong, and this guy from San Francisco, and he was like, I told him my whole story, and he's like, you know, man, he goes, uh, you should stick around Hong Kong. He goes. He goes, they, they love guys like you. Like, you could probably do some commercial work here. I'm like, well, how, how's that happen? He goes, well, I'll bring you down tomorrow, and you can meet my agent. I'm like, are you kidding me? So now this is Thursday. I've got to make up my mind by Friday afternoon. Uh, whether to stay or go. Whether to stay or go, because I got these two job offers, right? So we shoot that night till 2 o'clock in the morning. Next day, Friday now, I go to meet him, and he takes me to meet his agent. In Hong Kong, and I walk into this. I walk into this room, and there's this little Chinese lady sitting behind a desk with these giant sunglasses. Like half her face was over the desk, 
And I walk in, and I was, like, cocky and young. I think I was wearing, like, overalls and a white T-shirt <laughs> and Timberlands. I was, like, a backup dancer, like, for instance. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I was really tan. I had blonde hair. And I walked in, and she looked at me, and she's like, um, she goes, uh, where's your book? I'm like, what's a book? She goes, well, your, your portfolio. I go, what's a portfolio? She's like, where are your pictures? I was like, I don't have any pictures. She's like, what do you have? So I showed her a picture of my driver's license. And she looked at me, and she's like, okay. So she writes down an address. She goes, you go here. So I went there, and I walk into a room. Same thing. It was 10 Chinese people behind a table, long table. It basically, it was a casting. It was yeah. a ghosting. I walk in. None of them spoke English. We went through the whole thing again. Where's your book? Where's, you know? And, uh, but there was one guy there that kind of vibed with me. And we hit it off. We started laughing. And um, I, I, le- I, you know, I left, and that was it. And I got home. I had around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I've got, it's like two hours before I've got to like, make a life-altering decision. I get a phone call from this agent. And she's like, uh, I really don't know how to tell you this, but you just booked the Mandarina Duck Luggage Campaign for the entire uh, uh, continent of Asia. Or, or, or the Asian, whatever it is. Yeah. I was like, I, I, go, I go, what's the campaign? <laughs> <laughs> she goes, well, basically, uh, they're going to shoot uh, um, uh, photos of you, and they're going to shoot video, and you're going away for the weekend for three days. They're going to shoot you in the countryside in China. I'm like, what? And I go, how much does it pay? And she told me how much it paid, and it was like, you know, like, uh, maybe 10 grand. Away. Yeah. It was more money than I'd ever seen in my life. I was like, what? Oh, my God. So I, I, I go, I'm in. So I go home. Oh, no, I'm, I'm home now. And so I, I call I call the Sachi Sachi and Reader's Digest. And I was like, listen, I said, um, you know, thank you very much, but I have to go back to New York. I had a family emergency, right? Totally lied. Next day, I go to China, shoot um, for three days. And it was, like, all new to me, but it was fun. It was kind, yeah. of, it was kind of cool. Two weeks later, I'm on every billboard in Hong Kong. <laughs> no I'm in every subway station, bus station. I'm on TV. Like, I'm like the guy all of a sudden. No way. And, and one of the people from one of the companies, I forget who called me. They were like, oh, family emergency in New York, right? <laughs> so I stayed in Hong Kong for like six months. And, and, um, and I did like, you know, a lot of commercials and yeah, I went to like uh, Thailand and I mean, I'm sorry, th- I did Taiwan and did like catalog work and it was all very bizarre. And just kind of, I was just kind of going with the flow and and then, um, but then you know, I, after a little while, like I was I was really wild when I was in Hong Kong and it was like, you know, the, there were a few moments when I was like, you know what, you should probably not be here anymore. Yeah, um, you, you're not gonna make it out of here alive. <laughs> yeah, alive in one piece. Yeah, so. Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of crazy stories there for another time. But so I, I, I met this, I met, a, I met a guy who was like, you know what? He goes, you should go to Milan. And, and, and they love guys like you. I, I say, I just keep, te- I mean, I keep taking people's advice to go places. <laughs> California, Hong Kong. And, yeah. Now, so, so I moved to Milan and um, I go to Milan and. I get an agent and I start working there for a little while. In like Italian cinema or no no yeah. no I was doing like, I was doing like uh, like catalog work. I was, Got mod- it. I was modeling. Oh yeah, awesome! Yeah, but I don't I don't talk about that much, but I guess it's too late now. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I get over there and I hang out. I'm in Milan for a while and then, um, uh, but I just was I just if it was like kind of like an empty lifestyle. Yeah. Like I just 
you know, no offense to anyone in that lifestyle, but it wasn't it wasn't for me. It's hollow and bad. It, it wasn't for me. I mean, yeah. I, I met a lot of good people. I've got a lot of friends that are still in that world, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. So, came back to New York for a little while, and that's when I started working in the nightlife in New York. Oh, and, and I my, did the same. I got a job. Uh, my br- my brother was working the door for Mar- Mariel Hemingway at her uh, lounge called Sam's Cafe on 80th Street and 3rd Avenue. So I came back, living in my parents' house in Connecticut, working the door at this lounge in uh, New York, taking the, going back and forth. It was like real, like... Exhausting. It was exhausting. And then um, during that time, my brother saw that I was like, you know, really starting to go down like, you know, the wrong end of nowhere. And um, so he dragged me down to meet his agent. Uh, I'm sorry, his uh, acting coach, William Esper. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest rest in peace. And so I went down, and I met met with them. uh, And, you know, they took one look at me, and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, But they they accepted me into their summer program. So I did the summer program, and then I got accepted into the two-year program. But, of course, you know, I'm not going to make it easy for anybody. Yeah. And when I had been living in Milan, I had fallen in love with this um, this girl named Maya Saxon, um, and she was uh, a British model uh, who I still have just never been able to shake, yeah. um, you know, in my mind. And First uh, loves. Yeah, I was like so in love with Maya Saxon, and um, and so I instead of so she was going to come in New York and live in New York, and and um, and she just kind of disappeared. She kind of disappeared. Um, and uh, she'd gone on a self-help weekend, and uh, and then and and she just kind of checked out. So I got real scared, and so you know I did like the the um, the um, honorable thing, and and I uh, <laughs> instead of going into William Esper's program, yeah. I went to Europe to look for this girl. Yeah, and so I went back over to Milan, and then I went to London, and I went to Paris. I went to her parents' house. I went to her agencies. I mean, I, I was really on the hunt for this girl couldn't find her i was there for a couple of months it was a kind of heart it was like a heartbreaking yeah. thing meanwhile like you know i'm missing out like on this huge opportunity to be in school with william esper and, and so um you know i came back to new york in november that year with my tail in between my tail you know in between my legs and he goes there's something about you i like he goes why don't you just why don't you come in for the second half of the first year in january you can play catch up but i think you'll do okay so i did that and then that's when everything just started to kind of like click. Um, and I, at this time now, I was bartending. Um, and, uh, and my friends were starting a theater company down in Tribeca with, with my brother. So I was just kind of like, you know, in a, in a good place. And I yeah. was going to class. I think over the course of the next couple of years, I worked in 17 bars and clubs in New York. Um, yeah. You know, my brother and I were like, we were like, you know, we were uh, a gimmick. You know, people... This is before social media, cell phones, and but we had a following, and wherever we, wherever he and I got f- fired from, which was pretty much everywhere, <laughs> like where, wherever we went next, we got we got hired. You yeah. know, like people would just come and follow, and we had this huge following. And one night when I was working, uh, Tom Fontana came in. I was working at Jim McMullen's at the at the point uh, on Seventy Seventh and Third. Yeah, Tom Fontana. Came in and he he was the guy um, at the, at that point he was producing and showrunning a show called Homicide Life on the Street David Simon book right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and Tom had, Tom had been executive producer on saying elsewhere and, 
Anyway, uh, he came into the bar with my friend Noel Ben, who was a writer. Um, and Noel Ben was like this really famous kind of bon vivant uh, a novelist in New York City and uh, who just loved to like kind of mentor uh, young artists. And uh, he brought Tom Fontana into my, our bar one night. Uh, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and my, my brother and I are behind the bar, and, and Noel brings Tom in, and Tom's wearing like, he's wearing a baseball cap, Ray-Bans, a long beard, and a baseball jacket. And I looked at my brother. I said, hey, look, Noel Ben brought his cab driver in for a drink. <laughs> and it turns out it was Tom Fontana. And, you know, I didn't know who he was. Yeah. But we, we kind of vibed. And, and then um, and then we, we said goodbye. And he's like, yeah, I'll come by in a couple weeks to see you guys again. Anyway, uh, like I think like the following week, we got fired from that place. And that's like a whole other epic journey. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of lost touch with Tom, and it didn't see him again. And then my brother and I started working at a bar in the East Village called Nevada Smiths. Ah, classic. Yeah. I, I lived across from it at yeah. NYU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we were at the original one, which is on, which is not where the one is now. Yeah, it got right down the street. Yeah. We and and one and my brother was doing a play that night. Uh, he was it was opening night of one of his plays, so I was the only one behind the bar that night, and so he brought in the whole theater, and. I was like, you know, I was five deep and I was in the weeds and the place was going crazy. And, and Tom Fontana walks in again. I'm like, oh, there, there's that guy from like three months ago, right? So he's like, you know, waving at me for a drink. I'm like, just hold on, hang on, you know, hold your horses. And I'm making a drink and I look down at the bar and now Tom Fontana's behind the bar. Now, if you were, <laughs> if, it was, if it was anybody else, you would have gotten smacked. Yeah. But, like, he was making himself a drink because I was, like, you know, late to get him a drink. <laughs> and he gave me, like, this kind of look, and there was, like, a kind of like a sparkle in his eye. And then from that day on, we just really hit it off. And, and wow. um, we became, like, really, like, just best friends. And, and, uh, and uh, for my birthday, I think it was my 31st birthday, or my 30th, 30, and he wrote me a part on Homicide. Wow. And, and was uh, that your first credit? Well, it's funny. I I, I, I turned him down. I said because I was still I was I was in my last year of school, and I, I said you know look you know what I'm not ready to do this yet. I'm just uh, I need like one more year. I need to get out of class before yeah. I start acting. And to this day, he's like you're the first like new actor that ever said no to me. And uh, and then we just became really good friends. And then like a year later, I did Homicide. Um, I did an episode of Homicide, and you know I was terrible. But the people liked the character, so I ended up coming back two more times. And then, um, you know, I'm still bartending at this time, and you know, I'm, and now I'm just getting a little wild again. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got a job on this movie called The Conspiracy Theory with Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson. Yeah. And, um, classic. Yeah. And I took a leap of faith, and I and um, I quit bartending. And my last my last shift was uh, Thanksgiving, 1996, and I went to work on The Conspiracy Theory. Um, and, uh, you know, which was a, an amazing movie. Julia was just, I mean, what a sweetheart to me. Um, but I just, I, I, I wasn't happy with my position in the film. And like, I just, it just, I just felt like a fish out of water. Yeah. And then we went to LA to shoot the second half of the film and I was, I was miserable. Um, and then, but, but Tom Fontana came out to Warner Brothers to visit Barry Levinson, who was shooting Wag the Dog. And they were shooting Wag the Dog on the same lot as we, as we were shooting uh, Conspiracy Theory. So I went to the set. You know, I, you know, I watched them film. 
And, you know, there's a scene with uh, De Niro and Willie Nelson, and I was just like, wow, this is really cool, you know. Uh, and then I went back to my, you know, my honey wagon, conspiracy theory, and I was just in, in Tom Fontana came over, and I said to him, I go, you know what? I was like, I just don't think I'm cut out for this. I said, I, I'm not sure this acting thing is a thing for me. And Tom's like, he goes, hang in there. I go, why? He goes, well, I just did this thing for HBO. I did a presentation about this little prison show. He goes, and, and they're thinking about doing, you know, programming, uh, late-night programming. He goes, and if, if, they, if they take the bait, then you have, you're going to have one of the lead roles. I'm going to write you one of the lead roles. Wow. So I finished the conspiracy theory, and then uh, I, I came back to New York. Uh, and it, it was scary because I wasn't a bartender anymore. Yeah. And I didn't make a whole lot of money on that movie. But, like, two weeks later... No, like three weeks later, we started shooting Oz. In what's Chelsea Market now, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were the first tenants in the Chelsea Market. Wow. And, uh, and so, uh, and that just like, you know, that was like a, 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 a springboard into, uh, into my career. Um, and then from, from then on, it was just like, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to ask though, man, like Ryan O'Reilly, the, the very similar, like how did, how did you get that? So right. The prison culture and just the vibe, like, yeah. was that from, from all the knit and grit of bartending? Like it was just such an exceptional well, performance. I, well, you know, it's funny. Tom Montana wrote me the role based on the way I bartended. Cause, cause you know, he, he it was a mixture of, you know, basically Ryan O'Reilly is, is Iago. Yeah. From, you know, from Othello. He's the guy conniving, conniving. Yeah. Whispering in everyone's ear, and I was when I was a bartender, I had a, I had a, I had a, 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 a motto that was, if you left my bar with cab fare, then I failed. <laughs> I would do everything I could to make sure you were broke when you left my bar, and I mean, and it was like it was, and Tom saw me manipulate the people, yeah, uh, and what I would do to get this money, and all, I mean, it was craziness, and he got a real kick out of that, yeah, and that, that's that's how the idea of Ryan O'Reilly came was him watching me bartend. Um, And so, and, you know, I had had a few friends that had done a few bids. Um, You know, I'd visited a few guys that were locked up over the years. Um, But, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't do a whole, you know, it's it's not like a, it's not like a time Daniel Day Lewis style, you know, (laughs) Um, but um, you know, I just, uh, you know, I did as much as I could research in. And, um, but you know, when you're working with someone like Tom, it's just, it's about the words. Yeah. And, and, and if you have half a brain and you're kind of a good actor and you have a creative mind, you know, you're going to make it work. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oz was, to me, Oz was college. Yeah. You know, Colorado College, no, no disrespect. It's one of the best schools in the country. I would be in class looking out the window at the birds. I you know. know. Yeah. I was that guy. But Oz was like, it was like going to school. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so, so that was, you know, that was... Six years of just of, of bliss. And was it awesome working with your brother? Is, is that hard as a scene partner, especially that? Yeah, having that kind of a serial, you know, yeah. damaged. Well, so, yeah, well, so yeah, so so Tom brought Scott in the second year, um, and it was you know Scott, my my brother Scott Winters. He doesn't get enough credit. I I, I personally think he was the best actor on the show. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why because he had to he had to go he had to play like an eight-year-old boy yeah and everyone else was a tough guy yeah scott was tougher than almost anybody on that show in real life but he's a he's a very gentle soul yeah scott had to be an eight-year-old yeah and and who gets raped by the nazis and 
you know, and dealing with this and that, and then, you know, it, you know, eventually get executed. Um, and my scenes with my brother, Scott, were the most, but well, that was the most special time of my life. I bet. Um, and, uh, and my brother, Brad, was a poet at Stanford University. And when he, when he got out of Stanford, um, uh, he was looking for a job. He, you know, he had no idea what to do. And Tom Fontana um, brought him into his office. And, and my brother Brad had never written any dialogue. And, and Tom's like, look, he goes, me and Barry Levinson want to, you know, we, we, wanna, we, we want you to do a little project for us. And Brad's like, what is it? And Tom goes, I want you to write a 10-page scene about two people. It can be about anything. That's, that's your first project. And the second project is I want you to write, write a one-page scene describing something that you see in the street. Wow. So, like, two weeks later, Brad delivered 10 pages. The first one was a scene of an 18-year-old guy going back to visit the parish to see the priest who raped him when he was a child, when he was an altar boy. Wow. It was a conference, and it was brutal. And the second thing he wrote, he wrote, the, he described a Pepsi can that he saw in the gutter in his neighborhood in Brooklyn. And off of those two things, Tom Fontana and Barry Levinson gave Brad an entire episode of Oz to write. Wow. And not only did he write it, he got nominated for the Writers Guild for his first time out. His first script out, he got nominated for the Writers Guild. So when Brad came into Oz, most of the scenes between Scott and I were written by Brad. Yeah. Because Tom knew that Brad knew our shorthand. Totally. So that that stuff was real personal to us, and 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 you know, to be sitting there with my brothers, you know, in this very emotional, dangerous but safe environment, I felt more protected than I ever have in this business. So that was like a real gift. Creatively, that's as gratifying as it gets, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then that's awesome, man. And then so I also want to bring up. City on a Hill, I, yeah. I probably prepped for that for uh, this and your scene with Kevin Bacon, man. You, yeah. you broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> City on a Hill, it, it's such a great show, and, and Kevin is such a nice guy. I had worked with him once before, and um, but um, I just, you know, I, I came in and you know, I did like my little dance on that show, but uh, you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's a real, it's a fantastic show, and, yeah. Real and character you had there. Too. Yeah, you broke my heart. You know. You yeah, broke... yeah. Thank you. you know, it's it, it's you know. I try to like, I, I really want to just make things different as much as I can. But you know, especially when you're, when you're like part of like the zeitgeist, which I am with mayhem. Yeah. Right. Which is the best job that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, but I want to be able to show people that I can do other things. You know. Yeah. And even on sitting on a hill, my, like my my schedule has been so bananas that I wasn't able to commit to a, a long-term part on the show. I, I wish I could have. But Tom called me one day. I was in California working. Tom's like, listen, when you come back next week, we have this part, it's three scenes with Kevin Bacon. You get into a bar fight. It's, a, it's just like all you. Yeah. He goes, will you do it? I said, yeah. He goes, I'll send you the script. I go, you don't have to. So I, I flew home, and I, I did those scenes in two days, and – and uh, yeah, I was I was real happy with how it turned out. So. That's amazing. Yeah. And so now having that success of, of Mayhem on yeah. that extreme commercial level, what interests you in projects now? Like you did John Wick. Yeah. Like, did you have an idea that that was going to be? No, you know, I mean, I mean, first of all, pound, I'll put pound for pound. I think John Wick is one of the 
baddest movies ever made. Yeah. Period. I got that, to know Michael Nequest, such a nice guy, man. That's so, so sad. So, yeah. so, so Michael was my ta- Michael was my takeaway from that show. And every time you go on onto a job, you have a takeaway. Yeah. Right? And Michael and I was he and I became real close on that job, and um, he got badly injured while we were shooting that movie. Oh wow! Yeah, he was doing a, a fight scene, and he slipped, and his face went into a door jam, and he split his forehead open from the top of his nose up to the middle of his head, and I mean we had to, we he had to, we we had to shut, shut down production, uh, and he it took him a, a little while to heal. And during that time, I would go visit him in Battery Park, where he was living almost every day. And um, and uh, you know, when he died a couple of years ago of cancer, like I, it was a, a it was a real punch in the gut for me. But but that movie um, to watch Keanu Reeves, who by the way, I, I don't know if you ever met this guy. Ke- Ke- I don't, Keanu Reeves is literally the coolest guy I've ever met in this yeah. business, and I've never seen anyone work like this. Yeah, and this guy. I mean, he does all of his own stunts. Unless he's going through a window or falling off a building, because yeah. of insurance. Insurance, per- yeah. But like he does, he does all the he does all the hard work, and so to be able to sit there and watch him and watch Chad Stahelski and David Leach direct, um, you know, it's both those guys' first movies, and now these guys are huge they were stuntmen, right? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, David David Leach was Brad Pitt's double, and and and, and Chad was Keanu's double, uh, and so to watch these guys come in and just like literally hit a grand slam with their first movie so to, to be able to have like a front row seat to that for me was just like it was, it was a spectacular time in my life and um you know uh and i just you know i could not be happier being part of that you know of that of that first film um but you know as far as yeah i, I love to do yeah I, I just finished a movie which is coming out in the fall Called Lost Girls with uh, Gabriel Byrne and Amy Amy Ryan. Lost Girls is based on a book, uh, and it's a true story. uh, You know, out in Jones Beach, about ten years ago, they found a bunch of prostitutes lined up in the marshlands side by side, Um, and it's it's an unsolved case. So we made this movie last uh, last winter, and uh, it's coming out this fall, and um, that's that's one to look for. I'm excited. Uh, um, and then I'm doing a movie uh, called Rights and Wrongs. Uh, we're shooting in Oklahoma this fall. And, you know, it's a really just beautiful, um, it's a beautiful story that centers around this, like, kind of little dust bowl town in the middle of nowhere in yeah. Oklahoma. And, um, yeah, I really, you know, I, 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 I try to, I just, I just want to be as diverse as I can in my job. So whether it's going from Oz to, like, 30 Red, Rock, to 30 Rock, right? And then, and then going back to drama, and then going back to like the Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah. and then being able to do things like City on a Hill, Berlin Station, which is like seriously one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life. You know, I, I, I really, I really am blessed that I had the opportunity to have the chance to do different things and not get pigeonholed. Yeah, um, and because yeah, you're an exceptional actor. You well, know. I, that's very nice of you to say, but I, I just really try to. You know, I, I just, I mean, I see a lot of people that get caught in a yeah. rut, in a rut, and it's not their fault. Yeah. Uh, I just don't want to be caught in that rut. And um, so I'm doing everything I can to try to kind of 
you know, just kind of keep it different. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, Dean, I'm so grateful for your time, man. T Tom's going to do the show on 822. You got to come back. I'll call, I'll, yeah. I'll, I would love that. Yeah. By the way, me and Tom together, like, it's gold. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm All in. right. Yeah. Awesome, man. I love you, Dean. Thank, Thank you, you for Ryan. being here, man. You're I so awesome. Yeah. And yeah. it yeah. means a lot to me. Yeah. And, and a big shout out to Dean Evans for, for, yeah. for bringing me in. <laughs> yeah. Let's All do right. it. All right. Thanks, Ryan. If you enjoy the show, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning in.